Amen. You got your Bible with you? Say it with me. I didn't get to say it with you this week. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it. I said, I'm going to do it. It was written for me, for my correction, my direction, and my soon coming resurrection. Oh, Lord, be it unto me in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll share a little bit about my trip. Thank you so much for praying over me just a week ago on Wednesday night and sending me out. Uh, we made a humongous uh, investment and deposit into the church out there. Our new friends, our revival family, just people that we love and that we care about, and they carry something that uh, that, that every church needs And uh, with Pastors Paul and Kim Owens out there. And so went out there. We made a great um, part of the investment we made. I left half my voice there. Literally, brother, you would love it. They have built such a capacity, such a capacity. I mean, I, we're three hours and three and a half hours in the service, and I'm still in the middle of a sermon, in essence. I mean, and they're like, bring it, just bring it on, you know. Uh, but it was an incredible time. Uh, numerous people were saved. People were healed. People made commitments to the Lord and, and dedicated their lives to them. I shared simple things like having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I shared the story that many of you heard before when the Lord woke me up at Outreach Ministries of Alabama at 5 a.m. in the morning with the, uh, the one by four hit me on the head. How many of y'all ever heard that story? And that's what set me on course to seek God every single morning. Gretchen and I traveled this morning. I got in Monday night at 1130. We went, came here for a few hours at the office. Then we went to Nashville. Nashville to a, a, a funeral uh, uh, yesterday, and, and we left out of there about 5.30 this morning, 5.45 this morning. Uh, but still, when I got free to where I could, I got my Bible out. I read the Word of God. I sought God. We sang the whole way uh, back home. Putting God first is so important. And so I shared that story, and, and numerous people, numerous people responded. And uh, uh, over hundreds of people responded saying, I don't have a consistent, constant, uh, set-apart time to seek God. And listen, when they move into that, think about that. Somebody who's not seeking God, putting him first, and they move into that position, guess what they just did? Made more room for God. Made more room for revival. They're moving, pressing into God. And so numerous of them stood up. But I shared that story just about being hungry and passionate. You know, though none go with me, still I'll, I'll get under the bunk bed. You know what I'm saying? You just got to do your thing. And so we drove into the parking lot on Sunday morning, and Salome uh, was with Hannah and I. And she said, I just wonder, you know, if God woke anybody up at 5 a.m. You know, after that testimony, I believe the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You know why I believe that? Because that's what it says in the Bible in Acts, uh, Revelation 19.10. And so I said, I don't know. And they said, well, that's a cute family. You know, you know what a cute family looks like. You know, when the guy's got a little shirt, they haven't married real long, they got the first little baby, and they're walking into church. That's a cute family, okay? And so that's a cute family, and they have a cute car. You know, so we're driving around the back. We get in there, I preach, and, and service is over. I'm walking through the foyer uh, with the pastor, and a guy stops me. The guy had a cute little family. He said, hey, I need to tell you something. He said, God woke me up at 5 a.m. in the morning. He said, I looked at my wife and said, why did you wake me up? She said, I didn't wake you up. Why did you wake me up? He said, you said something. She said, I said nothing to you. He said, God woke me up. He said, I used to have a quiet time with God. I used to be in the ministry. I said, son, you need to understand something real quick. I'm old enough to call him son. I said, son, you need to understand something. I said, God's calling you back. It's calling you back, and you could feel something stirring inside of him. And you think, well, that's just a coincidence, right? I mean, every coin has two sides. It's just a coincidence, you know, and it's kind of, it fell on that side, 50-50. Well, that afternoon, we're going by, and girls want to go to a coffee shop. 
It's a fashion show. Yeah, imagine that. And so we're driving by and we pulled in. And I'm pulling in. I thought, well, I need to back into that space. I'm going to back in. And so I start backing in. And I have a Florida license plate on the rental car. I'm backing in. I get out of my vehicle. I'm, I'm in somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona. I mean somewhere. There's two million some people that live here. And here this guy goes, Pastor, I'm buying your coffee. It's a cute little family guy. He is standing in the parking lot. We ain't nowhere near anywhere that we've been, you know, and he's standing there in the parking lot. And he said, I wondered, I told my wife, I said, I think that's the pastor's car because they saw us driving in when they saw the cute little family. He saw the license plate. But he said, I was driving from Ohio to here just last week and I kept seeing Florida license plate. And I thought, oh, you need to talk to the Cunninghams. They are license plate kind of people, you know? You know, so I know this language he's kind of going through. He said, and I'm like, no, why am I seeing these? He said, when I saw that Florida license plate, my spirit left. And he went in the store, told me his whole story, got to share and minister to him a little bit more. But the reality is God was putting the stamp on that of the effect of what the word of God will do. So I want to encourage you to be having personal daily Bible times, prayer times, time alone with God. If it's 10 minutes, if it's 15 minutes, listen to me. If you started an hour, it'll probably end up being five minutes. But if you start at five minutes, probably end up being 10 minutes. You start at 10, it's probably gonna end up being 20. You will spend more time. The idea is not, it's not even the, the uh, quantity of time. It's the quality of time that you have with God. And I want to encourage you to do that. So it was an incredible time. Thank you so much for uh, blessing me, praying over me, for going there with me in essence. And uh, uh, you can pray over me again tonight because this weekend I go to Georgia. And I've been given three assignments this, uh, this month alone uh, in Phoenix, uh, Arizona and Columbus, Georgia and Costa Mesa, California and they're all revival. We're believing for God to release revival in this house, in this house. Not for the sake of the loss of a church or not having church. We will be faithful. We will be faithful to maintain church but we want the manifested presence of God to come and to minister in this house and to do things that only God can do. Only God can, can do, and we're going to uh, want to experience that. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It'll be on the screen also. I'm going to go through some scriptures tonight. I'm just going to say, for his glory. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, you can read the whole text sometime if you want to, but here's the deal. He says, therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. That's a huge statement. That kind of is, is all encompassing. Now he could have said, and whatever you do, but you know what he did do? He said, I know you're going to eat and I know you're going to drink. He said, and whatever else you do, if he would have said, whatever you do, you'd say, well, he didn't really mean this. He didn't really mean that, but you're going to eat. You're going to drink. You're going to partake in that, in that necessary nourishment in your body, right? So what he's saying, even in the necessary and in the very uh, common to do things and whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. When was the last time you thought about when you're eating and, and, you, and you're, you ought to start thinking about before you eat, like before you order. But when you're eating and you're going after that double whammy, jammy, what a burger. I know it's coming. I know it's happening. I can see into the future. You're thinking about eating for the glory of God, right? And, and to make sure that you, everything you're doing, whether you drink something, next time you pick up something to drink, is this for the glory of God? Is it for my pleasure? Right? 
And then if it is for your pleasure, say, does it please you, Lord? And well, this time it does, but next time it might not. What do you mean next time? Like the second one you're getting ready to drink. Listen to me, friends. There's not a living creature. Listen to me. There is not a living creature. I'm getting out of the soapbox. That needs two 44-ounce Dr. Peppers in one day. But every living creature in here needs 88 ounces of water at least a day. You see what I'm saying? You start to weigh things out. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a cup of coffee. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a Coca-Cola or a pop or wherever you're from, whatever you call it. I just want you to be thinking about whatever you do. The person you're talking to. Right? Uh, when we're, uh, I won't go into all that, but what the, the project you're working on, how you're responding, how you're reacting, do it for the glory of God. Amen? You and I were created for his glory. So we're created for. And so we could wait for God to show us his glory, or we could invest into what will bring him glory. Amen? So let's go on and let's talk a little bit about, remember in our Christmas series about the Christmas carriers, the angels who showed up. When the angels showed up, it said, they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Glory to God. So the angels come in and pronounce, he's here and our purpose is what your purpose is going to be. And we're passing the baton. We are saying glory to God. We are bringing heaven down and we're saying glory to God. This is where you, this is where you uh, put your attention. This is where you uh, put your glory right here. They are passing that assignment over to you and I. That you and I get to bring glory to God. Because the shepherds then return glorifying and praising God. All right? So announcing Jesus Christ glorifies Jesus Christ. Presenting Jesus Christ glorifies Jesus Christ. And whatever you do, present Jesus. And whatever you do, let Jesus be revealed. And whatever you do, announce Jesus. I like to say to people, when I drive away, when I walk away from somebody that I've been interacting with, God bless you. God bless you. You may say, well, did they get the blessing? Did they fall out? Did they, did they turn? Did they repent? What? It's not my business. That's not my business. My business is to get them to think about God. My business is to pronounce, like the angels, to pronounce God is alive. I believe in God. And so they're bringing that beautiful package there, and so they are glorifying by presenting him. The shepherds return glorifying and praising God. When you are praising God, when you're lifting God up, when you're lifting Jesus up, when you are exalting him, extolling him, when you're adoring him, when you're magnifying him, you're glorifying him. You're glorifying him. I think we'll see more breakthrough glory. If the earth is filled with the glory of God, I think we'll see more of that self-manifestation of the glory of God when we start to act and we start to do, we start to perform, we start to, uh, to do what God has called us to do. We are meant to glorify God, not to glorify ourselves. Amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 6 and 7. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Last I checked, we were all formed and made by him. 
Amen? We're, we're created beings of God. You and I were created for his glory. Now, we have a tendency to wrestle through that. We have a tendency to um, think that we're created for our pleasure, for our own glory. To think that we were given gifts in the church or that we were given talents in the world for people to praise us, for people to glorify us, for people to boast in us or to brag in us or for people to get out of our way and allow us to be seen. Now, you may not struggle with that as much as somebody else, but we have a tendency. We have a tendency to think that everything on this earth was made for us and we should have it. And even if they worked for it and they got it, we should have it too because they got it. That's kind of kind of becoming rampant and prevalent in our culture. It's called entitlement. If you got it, then I should have it. You make $40,000 a year and you work how much? You work 60 hour weeks? Oh, well, I don't have to work, but I should have $40,000 a year. So you're self-worship. You think you're entitled to everything. All glory should go to God. Amen. I shared with them in Phoenix something that I know that I've shared here before, that in the very beginning of creation, that there was no air created. Air was already there. Take a deep breath. Now, some of you didn't participate. Watch out. You might fall out. Don't hold your breath. You're so stubborn. Um, it's like driving through a tunnel. You know, you're like... Driving over a long bridge. I'm just going to stay here until you draw breath. Do you know what you just did? Ruach is the spirit of God, but it's the breath of God. You just drew in the spirit of God. You just, that's why God can say, and some of you are saying, yeah, I've heard you say this before. That's why God can say, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. He's not stealing anything from you. You didn't pay for that breath. You might go to some fancy spa somewhere and they've got certain kind of air and they've got certain type of tubes you breathe through and stuff. No, no, no. But therefore, every breath that does not praise him has been stolen. I know that's hard to swallow, but breathe again, you'll understand. Breathe again. Where'd it come from? It's his. He said, well, that's a little far-fetched. No, it's far-cast. Because we're a little far removed from realizing we're created by him and for him and through him are all things. In him, we live and move and have our being. Can I just get basic with you? In him, we move and have our being. Without him, we have no breath. Amen? Everyone who is called by my name, is there anybody in here called by his name? Would you refer to yourself as a Christian? You see, we're categorized in the midst of this. Whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. Do you know that when he created, he didn't create water? Water is already there. I know we've talked about this before. I'm not trying to act like I've never told you this before. Do you ever been in those conversations? You're talking to somebody like, you just told me this yesterday. I always hope I never become that person, and I've become him in certain degrees. It's called age. 
You have the right to say it twice. Okay. You know, in the Bible, it says, it says in the Bible, when he created, he separated the waters from the waters. Didn't create them, he separated them. So there's waters down here. And there's waters up there. You go to Revelation chapter 22. Said there is a river flowing from the throne of God. Right? He said the heavens declare the glory of God. Have you ever thought about what's holding Pluto? Where Pluto, I'm not talking about the one at Disney World. I'm talking about Pluto in the sky. Saturn. Mars. Jupiter. The sun. How are they suspended? Now listen, you can tell me any scientist you want to. All I need is the Bible. Amen. I'm thankful for scientists. I'm thankful they find, but none of them have gotten close enough to the sun to really tell you. But he said he has a covenant with it. He has a covenant with it. He said it will rise and it will set. The heavens declare his faithfulness. Listen, how, how steadfast his word is and how fickle or pickle we become. That he said it and it's still there. He said it and then he said about it and everything he said about it is still there. That's how solid, how firm and how sure the word of God is. It's his glory. He didn't just create you and I for his glory. He created the firmaments. He created the, the earth. He created animals. He created all, every living thing for his glory. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. So what about those who do not bring glory to the Lord? Now, I, I, interesting enough, in worship tonight, I know it was a little startling to some people if you don't worship him at all. If you don't worship him all at all, you don't worship him at all. But think about that. You may worship him right here, but you want to be worshiping him here tomorrow. You might be trusting him here, but you want to trust him there tomorrow. Are you with me? How many of all have grown in your trust with God? It's something you can grow in, something mature in. You know, I'm not saying about those who worship him some and glorify him some, but what of those who don't glorify God? And you have to ask yourself, am I closer to Glorifying him at all times with every breath? Or am I closer to not glorifying him? You know the number line. Here's zero, negative integral, positive. Are you closer that every breath and every action that you would say if my life was a 10, that I'm at like 9.5.555 glorifying him all the time? Or would you find yourself at a five, a one, maybe one-tenth of your life, you're glorifying God? Or could you possibly find yourself saying, man, I go weeks without ever even thinking about glorifying God. Where are you at? What does the word say regarding those who do not glorify God? And then I'll tell you something funny. In Romans chapter one, verse 21, because although they knew God, these are people who know God. Oh, let me, I don't know who this is for. This is the word of God. Okay? Startled, shock, whatever. Be offended by it. It's, that's, you don't want to be. Learn to accept it. 
you're going to have to know the truth to make it in the days we're living in. You're going to have to know it. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is for your own well-being. So what this is telling me, if, if we do glorify God, our hearts won't get darkened and our thoughts won't be futile. Amen? Uh, that we will be thankful people. And thankfulness is so important because that's how you enter into the gates. So I'll tell you something funny. Because I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be hard on you whatsoever. So I needed a haircut. If you saw me last week, you're like, Pastor Greg needs a haircut. Pastor Greg's hair is long and it's curling out in the back like when he's playing Little League Baseball and he's a little boy and just disheveled. It just looked terrible, you know? So I got there and I thought, I've never met these people in person. I got to get a haircut. So I got out there. Now, you need to understand, it's a beautiful, diverse people out there, but very strong Latino population. Beautiful people. And so I called up and I said, hey. I said, well, I did it online. Didn't seem like it worked, but I thought it did, so I just went ahead and went. And I got there, and I said, hey, I said, uh, I need a haircut. And the guy said, yeah, come on down. And the place is called True Blends. True Blends. So I sat down. I said, I just need it cleaned up, Ruth. I just need it cleaned up a little bit, kind of trimmed up a little bit, kind of like it the way it is, just trimmed up. And all of a sudden, he went, and I'm thinking, mm -mm. too late now. Too late. It was a total Latino barbershop, and everybody had the shave up in the in like the shave pin around town. And I thought, oh Lord, where's this going? <laughs> Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but I thought, I want to be a new man. I'm going to be a new man. Okay, I'm coming out. So, so then, on that Saturday morning, I thought I got a brilliant idea. I already missed the church. I haven't even been gone. 12, 14 hours. And I miss you guys. I'm thinking, I know what I'll do. I'm going to connect with them. They sent me. I'm going to stay connected with them. I'm going to do a Facebook Live. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk to them about the fast. I'm going to encourage them to finish strong and everything. And so I get down and sit down. Sloan gets the light right in the hotel and everything. And I'm like, I wouldn't even ask who saw it. But after I got done, I thought, there's not many viewers. I told you all to fast social media. I, I, have, I, have, I, I have not done a Facebook Live in a year. Because COVID made me sick of it. I have, and I'm thinking, I have got to be the anyway. Now, you all receive the word like you do my jokes. Okay? All right? All right. Moses had a desire. This is where I'm living in my life right now. This is, this is the best description I can give you. My heart is full, but my desire is not. You say, well, how could you take more? Think about cake. You ate your steak, you ate your chicken, you ate your lasagna, you ate your salad, you got another one because you like the Olive Garden dressing, you forgot to glorify God and you ate four pieces of bread. And then the last off of your friend's plate that was sitting next to you, come on now. And then it comes dessert time and you are no longer full, but you're full. But you have room for the cake, right? Not only do you have room for the cake, two pieces. 
My heart is full, but my desire is not. Years ago, Gretchen and I had a little saying when we were experiencing some extraordinary moves of God and just crying out for uh, just that manifested presence of God and, and would say, this is it, but it's not that. I know there's something more. Listen to me. I don't know where you are, what stage you are in life. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. You're obviously here because you love God, because you desire God. And you may say, this is it. This is awesome. This is what I like. I'm here to tell you there's more. I'm here to tell you there is so much more of God. And we're going to experience that as much as we can as a church. We're going to help other churches experience it as much as they can. We're going to go after God with everything that we have. Jesus said, if, you're, if you desire to come after me, if you desire. Jesus said, with desire, I have desired to eat this supper with you. You know, I found something in the scripture the other day that I've read over a thousand times. You know, maybe 500, I don't know. But it's where Moses, Aaron, uh, 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 Nahu, and, and uh, what's uh, Nadab and Abihu, uh, Aaron's sons, went up the mountain with Moses. And 70 elders went with them. 70 elders went with them. And it's right after where Moses, right before where Moses went off and got 40 days and 40 nights with God. And it said they ate dinner with God. They ate dinner with God. I don't, I don't, know, what will, I don't know what will interest and perk you anymore than to think, wait just a second. Whether you eat or drink, glorify God. They go up on the mountain, and then I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's a foreshadow of the Lord's Supper. Now watch. If Jesus desired to have, with desire, he desired to have dinner with those disciples. How much do you think God might have desired to desire to have dinner with them? Jesus said, if you will let me and I'll come in and fellowship with you. I don't know that we can out-desire God. I don't know that it's wrong to try, but I hope that you desire God. I hope that you desire what you don't need that you can have before you do need and don't know you can have it. I'll say that again. I hope that you can desire what you don't have that you will need to have, bottom line. One day, somewhere, somehow, you're going to need angelic assistance. And the Bible says they exist. Matter of fact, the Bible says they're innumerable. So don't tell me they went out with the apostles. Okay? Angels are real. And they help and they assist. So if you don't believe in them now, you might miss them when they're just strangers. You see what I'm saying? You're going to one day, like today or tomorrow, need the help of the Holy Spirit. So we ought to desire that. You're going to one day going to need God to manifest himself more real 
than the temporal setting that you're living in, that you paid for, uh, that you, you worked and got in debt for, that it no longer can satisfy you. You will need God to show himself. You ought to desire that now when you don't need it before when you do need it and you don't know it. Amen? Because if you know it now, when you're in that situation, you won't be worried. You won't be troubled. You'll know that he's real. You'll know that he exists. You'll know that he's bigger than, he's greater than, he's more than whatever it is that you're facing because he's God. He's God. The glory of God is just the appearing of the evidence of God. It's nothing, it's, it's hard to preach about. It's something you really have to experience, not just have knowledge of, because you can have no knowledge of it unless you experience it. You could be told, maybe I should have done a little research on here. You could have been told that, that uh, uh, this, uh, uh, in this test tube and this in this test tube, if you put them together, it'd blow up. Now, if you saw somebody do it, and somebody that knew that it did it, you'd be like, it does it. But if you didn't know, some would never know because they'd never try. But some will try just to see it might do it wrong and it messes up. But they'll know that it's possible. When you experience God, you know for yourself. Amen. So what are you saying? Ask God for an experience. And here's the problem. You're going to ask God for an experience. I don't know whose these are. You're going to ask God. For, no, yours? Okay. You're going, to ask, you're going to ask God for an experience. But here's the deal. He's going to give you an experience, but it's not the experience you wanted him to give you. And you're going to say, but you didn't do that. And you didn't do that. And that's what I need you to do. And I'm not going to be happy until that happens. Until that happens, you're never going to be happy. Because he is getting you prepared for the faith that you need for what is coming in your life. You need to experience and be faithful over the little things and accept God for who he is. He knows what you need because you might have that experience, but you didn't have those experience, and so you're still over here. Well, that's not good enough. Now I need you to do this. Now I need you to do that. Friends, we, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't boss and order God, right? We let God order our steps. Amen. So I would encourage you to once again ask God for an experience. We'll start wrapping this with this. Exodus chapter 33. This is what Moses said. He said, please show me your glory. I don't know how you raise your children. I'm not getting into that right now whatsoever. That's not, it's not my business right now. But I love it when someone says please. There's just respect. Just respect. I don't like it when, well, I'm going stay where you're supposed to stay. Please. Please. Notice that Moses used manners approaching God. Respect. Honor. But it's also a sense of, I don't deserve it. But if it's possible... I sure would like to have it. But I know I can't have it unless you give it. I don't deserve it, but I still want it. He said, please show me your glory. He, 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 is, he presented first, if I found grace in your sight. 
I found grace in your sight, please show me glory. This glory here is a kavod of abundance. Abundance. I, I touched on this last week and I'm repeating back to it. God wants you to have life and abundant life. Look at it this way. God wants you to have life. He wants you to be a Christian, have all of his benefits here on life, but he also wants you to spend eternity in heaven. God wants you to be born again and saved, but he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Life and abundant life. I found grace. Another way of saying the abundant is the glory, the glory of God. I want to encourage every one of you to try to find that place where you feel comfortable enough to ask God to show you his glory. I don't want to be a church that tries to parade or tries to, to do for people and tries to interperform and to entertain. And that's not what we're doing. It's not what we're doing. But I don't want a people looking for somebody else to do it for them. Moses said, show me your glory. I invite you, I encourage you to pray that prayer. Then God answered him. Can I tell you and remind you something? God still answers prayer. I don't know how, how destitute, how desperate, how uh, discouraged, and how, but how determined are you is what matters. God still answers prayer. God is still God. Whether ungodly things are going on around you or not, God is still God. Whether things seem to be un impossible or unable, God is still able. Are you with me? Then he said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. God said, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to give you the right to say that when I do it and where I do it, I'm going to do this. He said, I'll let all my goodness pass forward. This is the one that gets me. I will proclaim my name before you, the Lord. Could you imagine having greater confidence in the Lord because you know the Lord and you've heard the Lord than you have in your parents, your teachers, your preachers, or whoever? Because you heard them for yourself. Because he, he declared to you who he is. You got to have that conversation with him. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet with me for just a moment. He said, but he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. Can I kind of just introduce to you a little symbolism or mystery code you stand in Jesus, you have a much better chance of seeing God if you're in the rock of ages, amen? He said, there's a place. Friends, I want to encourage you, listen to me. That is not a place that Moses made. Moses had already made his place. Moses positioned himself before God to ask God, and God, you, pray, you sang it earlier. God said, okay, Moses, here's a place right next to me. Who sits at the right hand of God the Father, right? He said, here's a place right next to me. Your closeness to God is your closeness to Jesus. But Jesus is your place in this world. Jesus is your hope in this world. Jesus is your answer in this world. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So it shall be while my glory passes by. 
Let me tell you something about the glory. The glory does not always appear. The glory does not always manifest. The glory is not always obvious to the, to the, uh, the human eye. He just said right here, as it passes by, as it passes by, he said, I will reveal it to you. God's speaking to him. Even when God's speaking to you, when I was lying in that bed and he spoke to me, I didn't sense and feel the glory. But there's times that you'll see the glory like you've never seen before. There's manifested revelation of God. He said, but while my glory passes by, then I will put you in the cleft of the rock. Here's a place. You're in a place. Here's a place. I'll put you in deeper. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock where nothing can get you. Nothing can harm you. You'll be safe. And will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Have you ever uh, sang that he's got the whole world in his hands? Uh, maybe some of your dads and moms can try this. We would sing it at home. He's got the whole world, the whole family be singing it. And then all of a sudden I start singing. He's got Hannah in his hands. He's got Hannah and Lee in his hands. He's got David and Levi in his hands. He has Abby and Salome in his hands. And I want them to know that there's a place in the palm of God, a safe place. He will even protect you from himself. That's his mercy. That's his covering. There are places that we can go that we cannot get without him. It's not as much getting him to a place. It's us getting to him as our place. Somebody's got to catch this. You're wanting God to do this. God's wanting you to be here. In his presence. In his grasp. In his hold. So I'll cover you with my hand while I pass by. Pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face you should not see. Some people might get discouraged that Moses had all this cool stuff going on and then found out he's only going to get to see the backside. Got to start somewhere, friends. You know what it tells me? that God brought him to that place but left places that he could still come to. There's still more of God to see. There's still more of God to know. Amen? Why don't you lift your hands tonight if you would, be comfortable with that. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you can ask him right now to save you from your sins. You can ask him to forgive you of all of your wrongdoings. You can ask him to come into your heart be the Lord and Savior of your life. You can be born again right now. You can start a relationship. You can simply say, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. If you desire that secret place, you desire that dwelling place, you desire that hiding place, you desire uh, that near place, that close place, the cleft of the rock, you desire in the passing of his glory, you want him to show you his glory, why don't you just voice that tonight? and say, please, show me your glory. Please, show me your glory. And Lord, I say tonight myself, please show me your glory. I say tonight, Lord God, please show the well family, those who worship here, those who attend here, those who gather here, please show us your glory. May we encounter 
and experience you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May he be helpful to you. May he protect you, provide for you. And may he give you peace as his countenance watches over you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you.